0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 Plus, age varies by jurisdiction, Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See DKNG.com slash B ball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: Welcome to Bear and Balance. I'm Jeff Burkus, a writer for Windy City Gridiron, and I'm joined by the editor of that fine website, Lester A. Wiltfong Jr. Lester. If you turn the game off at the end of the third quarter, midway through the fourth quarter, you might be surprised to learn that the Chicago Bears lost the football game in Detroit last night. Uh, other than the end of the game, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing pretty good. I had a little visitor back here, my wife putting our ferrets away, says so uh, back sleeping, which... You might hear it chopping around, but yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was nice. It was a, it was a nice game for 50 some odd minutes. Then it all went to hell. And then I, I just unplugged after the game was over. I'm like, that's it. I'm done with it. I'm going to, I'm going to go do some stuff. I got some things I have to take care of. Um,
1: Like a ferret, apparently
2: a ferret. Apparently. Yeah. It was, it was my wife's birthday. So we had the the family over. So I I cooked out. Uh, We just tried to enjoy some stuff and I had to get away from that game. It was just stupid, stupid game. Like always.
1: Yeah. So it's the second time this year that the bears had, you know, something like a 97 or 98% winning probability on those little charts that they show, uh, and ended up losing that game. The other one was to Denver. I went back last year. I know that they, they blew a big lead against Detroit last year as well. And I think there may have been another one that I am not coming up with at the top of my head. Uh, but this is not something that we, uh, you know, are unaccustomed to in the Aberflus era, Leads have not been particularly common, um, but, you know, when, you, when you've always only closed out six victories in your year and a half uh, and you have three or four, you know, giant blown leads, like that's not a very good ratio in its own right. You know, I mean, if you were talking about, oh, it's the fourth time he's blown a big lead, uh, but he's won, you know, 30 games <laughs> over the last four, you know, you know whatever it is, uh, you mean, yeah. Yeah, it's a different tune, but this is, uh, you know, this is just a year and a half. So uh, definitely a trend here. And uh, yeah, we, we're going to, I'm sure, talk plenty about Eberflus and in this philosophy as we get going. But on this show, philosophy. every week we start in the trenches. And so Trench Tribute this week, I think there's probably some good options here to talk about. So who did you want to highlight for your Trench Tribute?
2: I, I like the game from uh, from uh, rookie Jervon Dexter Sr., I I thought he looked pretty good. I mean, uh, he's flashing a bit now. I I saw a stat. I forget who tweeted it out. I I apologize. I kind of saw it in passing. Um, His pass rush win rate is now second among all uh, rookie defensive uh, linemen. He's playing better. I know there was a lot of concerns when he was drafted about his get-off, but he kind of got got rid of those pretty quick, and now he's kind of where he is. And the Bears use him at defensive end now once in a while, which is something that I don't think he did much at Florida. But he's a 1st top player, and uh, if if he can keep developing like he is, that's a home run for Ryan Poles in the draft.
1: Yeah, he had uh, that tip that led to yep. the third interception, uh, the the one that Edmonds got. That was tipped at the line, and that was that was Big Dexter getting his getting his hand on it. So, yep. yeah, he's. He, I think he's been playing pretty good football. He doesn't get a ton of snaps, but you know you've got some veterans in there. There was a couple games where he really didn't get a lot of play at all. And you kind of question like, why aren't you playing these younger guys? And then it kind of leads to like, well, you know, Iberflus is trying to squeeze as much as he can out of the veterans, you know, as opposed to trying to develop young guys. We saw that in the last year, the Nagy era too. You know, you weren't you weren't seeing quite the development of the younger guys because he was trying to trust the veterans. You see that with coaches that are fearing for their job a little bit. But uh, again, what we have seen of Dexter overall, it'd be great to go back. I think in the off season and kind of. Revisit all of his snaps and see the progression, but I think it's there. I think he's coming along, um, and I think he can be a good football player. I'm going to talk about the other rookie. I I think Darnell Wright. um, Look, it closed on a bad play, right? I mean that that that's a uh, you know number two overall pick, uh, Aiden Hutchinson that that beats him on that last play, strip sack that, that basically ended the football game. But up until that moment, Darnell Wright had a pretty good football game, and and again, I think he's still playing hurt but it didn't seem to to impact him that much this game. I thought he played really well and I just every week I'm just drawn to him I'm drawn to Jenkins I, and I really like watching those guys play and I, I thought he held up very well for most of the game uh, against pretty good competition. and so I know people people want to only focus on the one bad play but i I, I saw what I thought was a pretty good uh, pretty good game out of right.
2: You know, I saw the, the PFF grades uh, come across Twitter, and, and I saw he had a pretty poor grade. I'm like, okay. Uh, so on my rewatch, I'm like, I was trying to watch what he did here to kind of see what they were doing. And because when I first watched the game live, I thought he had a nice game. You know, going against one of the better young edge rushers in the game, a- in Aiden Hutchinson. You know, he didn't really affect the game till, of course when he did at the end of the game there. But but I thought Darnell already had a nice game. And then when I went back and, 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 and rewatched it, same thing. I thought he looked really good. You know, him, I know there was a lot of concern with moving Tevin Jenkins back over to the spot he started the year at at left guard. Tevin Jenkins played pretty good. Nate Davis played pretty good. Braxton Jones played pretty good. Center, bit of a hole again, which what we expect to do. But there are some pieces here on this whole line here. You know, for whatever the Bears do moving forward, I think, uh, you know, they're starting to come together. And I I, I like what, I like what polls has, his group is now up front, at least compared to what we, where we thought this would be last year. It's, they've done a nice turnaround and now these guys are pretty good. Center's got to be fixed though.
1: Well, you mentioned the center. I am curious uh, what you thought of that hit that Lucas Patrick took, that looked like it took him out of the game. Looked to me like a pretty cheap shot. I'm not sure why. They did not call a penalty on that. I think that Everflu said in his presser that they were going to send that to the league for review. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know what the injury update on, on Lucas Patrick is, but but one, the play itself looked like he got kind of blindside hit on a play that wasn't even live, <laughs> that, that didn't even count. Uh, and two, you had Dan Feeney come in. The, the plan was for Feeney to be the center backup and for Whitehair to be the backup to both of the guards. I'm curious if if Patrick misses any time. Do you think we get a Feeney start, or you think we're back to to Whitehair starting?
2: I think it's got to be Feeney. It's kind of like the Bears pulled the bandaid off, and, okay, look, that's it. Sorry, Cody. Your stats were not what we wanted from you this year. I think he's a guard now for the rest of the season. I can't see him going back. As far as Lucas Patrick, yeah, that would look like a cheap shot. The league outlawed those hits, those peel-back, blindside blocks. I mean, back in the day, that was like, you know, NFL films stuff to put on it that was like you know the, the highlight of every ESPN you know uh a show but now these days they realize that's that's kind of a cheap shot it's unnecessary he got hit and fluce did say they're gonna have that one be looked at by the league he didn't get an explanation in, in, in the real time of course which you know doesn't really happen but I think that uh the, the, the there may be some fines levied there
1: Oh, hundred percent. I think that he, they're getting fine there. All right, let, let's move on to the Twitter portion of the week. I'm going to let you start off because you, you've you got, I, I have a fun one, but, and you have one that's just kind of mean. So we'll, we'll get yours out of the way first.
2: Mine's a throwback. throwback. I'm going old school uh, at Chicago bears, January 31st, 2022. Um, it's a little video clip from Ryan Poles' first uh, press conference. And uh, the quote highlighted on a tweet was, we all know this. We're going to take the North and never give it back. He got a lot of flack when he said it, obviously, you know, from non-Bears fans. You know, they're coming at him. And Bear, look, he's the GM at the time. That's what you have to say. You got to hype it up. I know when when uh, when when they hired Lovey Smith back in the day, he made a big deal about beating the Packers. You know, and you know what he did. Eventually, he yeah, got he to did. the point where yeah. he was yeah, <laughs> he could beat the Packers. But look, the Packers were the cream of the division at the time. So it makes sense him coming out there and saying that. Ryan Poles comes out and he says this. And, and now here we are through uh you know a season more than a season and a half. They have not won one game in the NFC North. Flus is 0-9, I believe, now. So if, if he comes in, this is his big statement off, off the top, right? This is the big, the big uh, the big highlight reel moment that, that he says here. And if his head coach can't win a game in the NFC North, what does that say for his head coach?
1: Well, you would think that you would want to maybe get a different head coach. Yeah, that that would be maybe where you would want to go with that. Uh, I saw someone quip, and I I apologize uh, to the person that tweeted this at me, and I I I don't remember who it was, but they said, uh, "No, he was saying we're going to take fourth, uh, as in fourth in the division, and never give that back." Which I thought was pretty funny because, unfortunately, that feels pretty accurate right now. Uh, Bears uh, were, I think, tied with with Green Bay coming into this week, but Green Bay won. Uh, their, their matchup this week. So uh, yeah, that's a, that's a sad one. throw throwback, <laughs> but a sad one. I thought this one was fun. So I, I, I put this out there, you know, give me your hottest, saltiest take and Anthony <laughs> Roddick uh, at my imploding life on Twitter. So Twitter says I'm at a point where I think the bears would be better if they varsity blues, the rest of the season, uh, fire the staff, let the players take turns calling plays, even if they are worse at least it would be enjoyable. So, for those of you who missed the landmark 1999 movie Varsity Blues, uh, at the end, the Bud Kilmer tries to you know give give a, a Wendell a, a shot in the knee, and you know the locker room revolts, and so they go, take the field without the coaches, right? So very very fun. And then Lance Harbor and you know the injured guys are calling plays on the sidelines. It's a ridiculous scene, but kind of fun. Uh, so i thought this was funny uh and so i wanted to highlight a funny one most of the ones we've highlighted have been angry or salty but th- this yeah. one was pretty funny but i but i want to i want to ask you is there anybody in bears recent history any bears player in recent history you think would be good at calling plays who would you want like if this ah, happened okay this happened right so so uh the colts you know, they they fired their coaching staff last year and then they put Jeff Saturday as their head coach. Right. They got a lot of crap for it and all that kind of stuff. So this has kind of come up a little bit like who's the Bears version of this. Um, but is there like a good Bears version of this where, you know, somebody that you wouldn't mind maybe seeing them call plays?
2: Uh, I think the obvious answer may be Josh McCown, because he sure. is a, a recent uh, player, at some success in Chicago, obviously under the Mark Trestman era. Um, he He's already known. He's only coached, I think, two years now in the NFL as an assistant, but he's already seen one of these up and coming guys. Just a good football mind. I think he's a guy. Uh, I, I guess it's going to be kind of meatbally, but man, let's get Olin Cruz in there. You know, I think he would come in, and I think he would write some of these wrongs that, that's happening here with with the old line and stuff. He would kind of get things, you know, set how he wants it set. Keep guys where they're supposed to play. Let them play there, and, and he'll be smash mouth, I think at, at the end of the day, that's what that he wants to do. So, that's this, I saw this this, this tweet, and I, that's a fun one. I started thinking of other other fictional, uh, you know, coaching characters that can kind of come in and do a better job than Coach Eberflus And and I think pretty much all of them could at this point. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I, I I put uh so Bud Kilmer, played by John Voigt, uh has like the in the movie has kind of that slick back hair that Everfoos yeah. has. And so yeah. I made the comment, like, yeah, they, you know, that, they're kind yeah. of similar. And then I was like, I'm actually gonna tweet out pictures of these two yeah. side by side because there is a little bit of similarity. And then as I said it, like the only difference is that Bud Kilmer put banners in the rafters. Yeah, he had two state titles and 22 district district titles. <laughs> count them, count them, Lester. That guy was dominant in his district. Uh, Texas State football, man. Gotta love it. All right. I watched that. That movie came out right at the right time for me, by the way. that like okay. was I was, you know, senior in high school, you know, playing football like that. That thing was a very, like, I don't know, important movie. It was, sounds weird for a movie like that, but important movie in my life. And and uh, my head coach was kind of an a-hole uh, and kind of reminded me of Bud Gilmer and kind of an old school guy, right? So So this was kind of it spoke to me in, in, in certain ways. Uh, and so this is it, a fun movie for somebody to to reference and maybe be able to talk about on the podcast, but I, I don't know. I don't know that I have a better answer. Like you said, McCown's like a legitimate coach. He's probably going to be a head coach here, you know, in the next few years, uh, you know, the Texans were playing around with even hiring him, like yeah. with no coaching experience. I mean, you got to pay your dues a little bit there. Um, I, I don't know that I have a, a a better answer necessarily. I'm sure that there's someone like, like a chase Daniel or some sort of backup quarterback that had been here, you know, a while that that could be that. I don't know that the bears don't really have that on the roster right now. Right. Like there's no current play. Like, I don't think you want Nathan Peterman, you know, he hasn't been in the league long enough or proven enough that you would say, Oh, he'd be a good play caller. Right. Like there's, there's nothing there uh, necessarily. And I, I don't know that. I mean, there's just not a lot of experienced players that have been here long enough that you'd say current player. Yeah. Could go, go call plays right um just have fields draw them up in the dirt i guess i, I don't They're know
2: old school i mean back in the day quarterbacks called their own plays so just let fields do his thing and let's see what happens like like i said it, it's, it's not gonna be any worse i mean th- there is no game flow there is no flow to what what happening with with uh with getsy so let fields do it
1: that'd be hilarious i love it yeah. it's like that was a Namath, right Namath, Namath called his own place united yeah. has called his own plays all back Bradshaw,
2: in that all those old school guys did yep. yeah
1: all right, we'll, uh, we'll head up onto the the statistics portion of this. Our stats caught up in a numbers game. Uh, I, you know, there, there was one tweet out there about this game that was, you know, I think maybe we should talk about, but I didn't pick that. But I'm, I'm curious if you went that direction. Uh, so what is your stat for the week?
2: My stat is uh, 63%. Oh, and oh that, okay. And that is the, uh, the playing time from Bears' new defensive end, Montez Sweat, 39 snaps out of the 62 for 63%. Uh comparison, Yannick Ngakwe led the Bears' D-line with 73% of the snaps, which, fine, he, he's, a, he's an edge rusher, that's his thing. But fluce was actually asked at his presser um, if if Montez Sweat should play more snaps. He compared uh, Sweat as a player to Aiden Hutchinson, the Lions, we already talked about earlier, and Hutchinson played 92% 90%, 90% of the snaps for Detroit. And, and Floose's answer was, I'm going to quote him here. That's just how we do it. We platoon those guys. I don't know. If you're paying Sweat as, as one of the top-end defensive ends in the NFL, I want him on the field more than what he is, what he's shown. And, and NBC Sports' Josh Schrock uh, actually tracked Sweat's usage, and he had Sweat on the field for only half of Detroit's third down and red zone plays. That's, th- those, that's a money down in the NFL for your defense. And you're having your big money guy on the bench half those plays. That's, again, that is inexcusable. You need your players on the field to make plays. Sweat needs to play more.
1: You know, I was, this reminds me of the conversation I was having with the Lions guys. I went on the pride of Detroit podcast last week and I was talking about the offense in this way, but, uh, this, this, uh, idea of like this egalitarian approach, this, this like, well, we're going to have three targets to this wide receiver and three targets to that wide receiver. We're just going to spread things out equally. And and that there was a, a lot of Nagy personnel type stuff back then where like everybody on the roster would get like this big percentage of plays. And, and like, I think that that kind of works in theory when you're trying to build a team and get everybody like bought in and everything. But when you look at, when you actually watch NFL games, teams don't do that. Like they, no. they rely on their stars. Those guys are playing a huge percentage of their snaps. You know, I mean, you don't see Max Crosby subbing out, right? Like the, these guys are on the field all the time because they're, even, even those guys that are maybe a little bit tired are better than your next line guys. Right. So there's a little bit of that where you want to give them a little bit of a break, but that's too much. Like that's too much of a platoon. And and there's a huge draw, uh, drop off between Montez and, in your reserve defensive ends. I mean, that's why you went out and you traded a second round pick and and paid them all that money. Right. So I, I think there's just a misunderstanding of how to allocate your personnel. And I think that's thrown on both sides of the ball and, and distribution of targets, distribution of, of snaps, when those guys should be on there. If you're saving those guys, save them for third downs, right? Mm-hmm. Sum them in when, when the money downs come in for those defensive ends. Okay, sure. You don't want to play him on first down. You you want to give Yannick Ngakwe a, you know, a breather on, on first down or second down? Go for it, right? But make sure he's all, out there on third down. Same with Montez Sweat. You want your best package out there all across the league. These guys... You know, they get NASCAR packages in, right? Like they, they get the their, their best pass rushers in on third down. You just don't see the Bears doing that. You just, there's just no creativity. And I think there's just a lack of understanding how to use your personnel. So really good stat from you. Um, I went a little bit more positive. Um, I was thinking about this. Uh, Justin Fields rushed for over hundred yards. And I thought, how many times have he's done this? Uh, and it's, it's the fifth time in, in his okay. career that he's done that. And for quarterbacks all time, He's now in third place. He broke a tie with Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson had four such games uh, as of as of this week. I don't think Russell Wilson's ever getting another one, but um, no. <laughs> uh, so that, that's his fifth. Uh, Michael Vick had ten in his career, uh, so he's actually in second place. Lamar Jackson, thirteen. So mark Jackson's had some games like he, yeah. he's he's definitely had had some hundred yard games, but but already in third place uh, all time for for quarterbacks. I thought that was a that was a pretty cool, cool number uh, breaking that tie with Russell Wilson. Uh, but it just reminded, reminded me or like just kind of put a microscope on where was this during the beginning of the year? Like you figured this out. This was such a huge part of his game and his success that Created this buzz around fields in the offseason like he was, you know, top 100 player as voted by his peers. He's in the like NFL script commercials talking about replacing his legs with wheels like this was a part of his game to the point where opposing coaches are game planning against this and then shocked that you're not using it. Right. So where was this in the first, you know, six weeks of the year? Um, and, And I guess I'm just glad that it's back now.
2: You know, we talked a little bit before we hit live how he had 18 carries, which we both feel is a little too much. You know, we, we don't want to see the quarterback running this this many times. Some of those are, are, are zone reads where he pulls it and he takes it, which is fine. And and Fields was really smart. I mean, he didn't take any big shots. He, he got down. He slid when he had to slid. There were a few times when the Lions kind of jumped on him after the slide where I'm like, come on, when is Fields going to get that call? Uh, you know, other quarterbacks seem to get that call, but – you know, it just doesn't happen with the guys that are athletic and running quarterbacks. They don't really get that that uh, the same as more of the, their classic dropback guys. They kind of seem to always get that call. So, yeah, I mean, this was the offense the Bears ran last year, which had some success. So build off that. Build some more play action around it. Build a few more dropback, you know, game around that. Build some more quick game around that. But don't stop doing that, and that's what Gutsy did. Gutsy stopped doing the, the stuff that worked early on. And then, uh, you know, it's nice to see it back.
1: You know, uh, talking about that slide and guys hitting, it reminds me of this clip that I recently saw. And I don't know if anybody else caught this, but uh, Mike Singletary uh, hit a quarterback that was was sliding. It was kind of this awkward in between, like it was a kind of a late slide, but Singletary took him out and it would be absolutely a penalty. He probably would get fined today. Back then, Whenever that was, uh, you know, late 80s, probably early 90s, they called it the hit of the year. And they they were celebrating how great of a hit that was. And they interviewed Singletary and he was to Singletary's credit. He was like this is, you don't ever want to have this. This is bad. Like this, this was a bad situation. Like, you you know, you don't want to have guys hit like that. You know, like you could tell he was like, no, 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 this, this isn't good. Please don't (laughs) celebrate this. Uh, But it was like, it was the hit of the year, right? We've come a long way at least from, from that uh, time period where quarterbacks were just getting cold cocked and anyway. uh, But yes, it would be nice. if fields got that call. Why don't we just roll right into the fields report So Justin Fields, 16 out of 23 for 169 yards passing. He had one touchdown, no interceptions. Uh, Took two sacks, uh, lost 18 yards on those sacks, and then had, of course, the fumble uh, that basically ended the game. Quarterback rating of 105.2, so excellent quarterback rating for him. Also carried the ball, as we talked about, 18 times for 104 yards. Overall, if you watch this game and you thought that Justin Fields was the problem, I'm not sure what game you were watching. He played really well. Had a great connection with uh, with DJ Moore, which was you know great to see that pick back up because you know that that connection was starting to cook. Um, and and overall, I thought that he he played a good game. What do you think?
2: Yeah, same. Uh, the explosive plays. I mean, it's nice to see those back. I saw. I think it was Dan Orlovsky tweeted out that the you know with Justin Fields under center for the Bears, they average like eight explosive plays a game. You know, that's been missing from the offense the last few weeks. Yeah, they got a couple wins. They won three of their last six uh, before this, this this latest L. You know, but, you know, it wasn't uh, it was the type of offense you want to see. It wasn't nothing explosive. It was, like, too methodical. It's it's not modern offense. So, Justin Fields being back in, they kind of opened things back up. He was able to go deep a little bit. You know, he, he missed a couple guys. You know, some with his fault, some wasn't. The, the, you mentioned the two sacks, which – the the first sack happened. I had to talk to a buddy of mine. You know, it's you know he's he's got to get rid of that ball. But I haven't seen the all twenty two yet. I just literally just got it a, about an hour or so ago. I'm going to watch that sack. Watching it live, and did see anywhere to go. And at that situation in the game, sometimes the smart play is just to turtle it, hold the ball, and just 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 go down. He he had no running lane. There was nowhere to go. Uh, he was trying to hold the ball for a play. Sometimes there's no play. Um, we'll see when I break it down. You know where I where I attribute that sack to. This is the second sack he took. I mean, we already talked about it at the top. Darnell right got beat pretty quick by Hutchinson on that play. Um, I didn't put a, a, a stopwatch on it yet, but it was like a second. The guy was there. He obviously was reading the other side of the field first. He didn't even see him coming. Unfortunate. Um, he got clobbered on that play.
1: Yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, it'll be interesting to see on the all twenty-two. Like you said, uh, we didn't get that until about an hour ago. But I I think then that, like you say, sometimes the smart play is actually to just hold it because you, you don't yeah. want to force it. Sometimes you know, try to fire it out of bounds, you know, over somebody's head. You know that that probably that's more ideal, right? Than than trying to get it right. At it. But you know, you're trying to make a play. Uh, you're trying to hold on to it, see if something opens up. I get it. Um, uh, there was early in the game. There there was that uh, free rusher. That came in. Well, it wasn't a free rusher. It was picked up by the running back, but he kind of, he kind of olate it. It was very early, like I think it was yeah. fourth play of the game, and Fields flushes the pocket, but he keeps his eyes downfield and then fires kind of a sidearm ball to DJ Moore. And there was a couple plays like that where it was just like, whoo, okay, like there it is, you know. And, and I just it felt like you, those are the plays that you were you were wanting. I don't. Did you watch the Bills game by any chance? I did not. Okay, so they they threw up a graphic in the bills game and they talked about uh josh allen and how he has like more touchdowns than you know and all these like big plays than anybody else uh you know in, in the position and then also has more turnovers than anybody right so with allen allen's such an interesting guy to watch because he plays hero ball and he can just sometimes it works and he just takes the team on his back and he makes these tremendous plays that don't make sense that that a quarterback can make. And that's why people talk about him in such a high regard is that he's got this ability to make these explosive plays and extend plays and just, you know, carry pockets and, you know, do, do all these things. uh, And then he has games where he just implodes and he just hands, hands the other team, the ball. And, and I think that to me watching Josh Allen and watching Justin Fields is that to me, there's a lot of similarities. Maybe the, the highs aren't as high. With fields all the time but you know maybe the lows are maybe a little bit more frequent than than where Josh Allen is at this point in his career I don't know I'd I'd have to really kind of think about that but I think that's the kind of player you're talking about a guy that is you know has the ability to create so many explosive plays and particularly if he's able to extend plays and keep his eyes downfield and distribute the ball the the, the one play more wasn't necessarily wide open he wasn't just standing there with like you know 20 yards of space he threaded the ball it was a really cool throw and so you see guys like you see josh allen do that a lot so when i was watching fields uh against the lions that's what was coming to mind like man this is a lot like josh allen and you harness that guy then you can live with those highs or you can live with those lows because those highs in the long run are going to win you more games and it's going to create more explosive plays. So that's, that's more of what I saw uh, was like the good part of that type of quarterback yesterday.
2: Yeah. I mean, the bills, I mean, the, they they run Josh Allen on design runs. Obviously, they don't do it quite as much as what we saw. We see the Bears have done last year, and even this last game when he had you know so many carries. But but it's you know it's the modern NFL. I mean, it's part of it. And Justin Fields is a big dude. I mean, he's he's a he's a strong player. He's like what you know six three two twenty five. I mean, he's not like a, a frail quarterback. He could take some hits. And is, and like I said, if he's smart about it. If he gets down, gets out of bounds, you know, he is a threat. And when I was doing the, the, the rewatch today, uh, was it Mark Slareth was the color guy on Fox? Yeah, He was talking about how just the threat of fields, just the threat of him running affects the defense. And we, we've heard, like you said earlier, we've heard defenses the Bears have played this year talk about how we thought fields would, would run more. You know, we were expecting more of what we saw last year out of the bears. And, and for some reason, the offense kind of got tweaked up a little bit and they're probably doing it because they want to make sure you can win from the pocket. You know, that's smart, it's sustainable you hear, but you know what, win some damn games, you know, that's all what it takes. And if this is your best way to win is by running a little more then let's do it.
1: Yeah, I think that the offensive coaching staff really outthought themselves to to begin the year, right? Like yeah. They're they're playing that game where they're like, "Well, if you know that I know that, you know, <gasps> you know," and it's just they got out of this. They they didn't lean into what they should be majoring in, right? Like this is what yes. we're good at, and this is yep. what we're gonna do, right? They're like, "Well, no, this is uh, this is how I know how to play offense. We're gonna try to fit you into this." Hopefully, the last part of the year is more showcasing what Justin Fields can do either for the bears or for his next team. Like I, I let's, let's, we don't even need to talk about that right now, but what's best for, for the bears is showing what Justin Fields can do, whether or not it's for the bears or for somebody else, because you know, the bears are still going to, you know, uh, have, uh, ownership of, of his rights up until the point that they decide to trade him or not. So, um, all right, let's, uh, let's take a quick break on the other side of this. We'll do everybody's favorite segment, the three bears stick with us.
3: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com.
1: All right, Lester, let's talk three bears, hot bowl of porridge, cold bowl of porridge, and just right. Fun game. So, you know, we already talked about fields. So, you know, I don't think we'll we'll necessarily do that. Or maybe you want to hand him a whole hot bowl of porridge. But there's a couple players I think deserve consideration here. So who did you have?
2: Last week, I had this rookie cornerback in the just right category. But this week, I got to give Tyreek Stevenson the hot bowl. You know, uh, he gave up no completions. He finally had his first interception. Uh, He had a forced fumble on special teams. Best game of his young career. You know, he, he was physical. And I I and a lot of the runs of the Lions had, he was the first guy up in run support. And your corners have to support the run. And in this day and age, it's just how it is. They got to be up there doing their thing, especially in this this Iberflue style defense. He did it. He, he fit the bill. He had a nice game. And uh our, our podcast uh you know compatriot, you know, Taylor Dow predicted the the pick for for Stevenson, and it happened here in this uh in the game on Sunday
1: yeah she'd been holding back that episode hoping that, that <laughs> tyreek would have a uh have a big big game big play, and then you know she rolled it out and here it is so maybe maybe taylor is the reason wow. why th- this big game hit right I mean, kind of seeded it into the universe so so good job taylor on that uh, you know what i honestly there again there's a few guys that you could highlight but I that's where I went to like I think yeah. that you had to showcase the rookie especially when he, you know he's had some tough tough games which is exactly what you expect out of a rookie corner and his comments coming into this week were even you know hey I know I'm learning like I'm yeah. you know I'm, I'm taking this in stride like he's he's approaching it the right way thought he had a great game that you know that that interception was just really just having your eye on the ball and, and making a play Well, it was just an errant throw it wasn't him jumping a route or anything like that it was just it was just kind of an errant throw um those happen all the time you know like there's three four balls a game that just are off target and they just sort of harmlessly fall to, to the turf so being aware you know it was really uh you know opportunistic and fun to see and, and so that that was great uh and then he uh did you mention the force fumble?
2: yes on special teams he got that right yeah. so he had
1: a force fumble yeah. on special teams as well so I, I think he definitely deserves the the highlight this week and really cool to see so uh good for him let's let's flip it around cold bowl of porridge who did you have for this
2: i'm just going the overall play calling being too conservative um from the offensive and defensive coordinator and we heard coach Iberflus in his press conference today he talked about how a game that went right he he, he bragged about how the, the play caller in that game, which happened to be him.
1: Oh, it's me. It was me. Yeah.
2: Yeah. He made some so nice weird. calls down. I'm like, oh my God. This just like stop letting him speak. He just, he's a, he's a, a I almost swore here. Uh, he's just a dumbass. I'll say that at least for he's just this what he says, is, what are you doing here? Makes no sense. And you know, he's conservative down the stretch. You talk about the 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 shell he's playing. I mean how many of those stuff at the end of the half at the end of the game too They just went right down the field. You know, there's no resistance, no creativity. You know, you're heating up Goff the whole game. You're making him uncomfortable. You're getting in his face. You're in his passing lanes. And then, you know, at at the end of the game there, you're just not. Too easy for him. And then the flip side, you know, Luke Getze. You know, he's taking his keys here from his defensive-minded head coach. You know, if he wanted to be more aggressive, he probably could, but Whatever he he may have there is being you know co-thought in by the philosophy from his head coach. He's he's taking the lead there, and defensive-minded head coaches generally are more conservative. It trickles down through everything, and that's what we're seeing with Gessy. Did the run, run pass at the end there? You know, not going for it on fourth down. You know, some of those plays there. It's like, what are we doing? I mean, you trust Justin Fields the whole game. He's doing this this amazing stuff. He looks great, and then in in the fourth quarter, with you know, when there's a few minutes left. It's like he almost took the ball out of his hands. I I, I don't agree with that. I think some of the some of the, like I said some of the mistakes were on fields, but but overall, it's been a theme this year, uh, too conservative, and that's that's where I got to go this week.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. I I did watch the last two drives specifically. I think I mentioned it at the top before we we hit the record button for uh, for the podcast. But second to last drive, uh, there were five pass plays by the Lions. The Bears rushed four. Four with a twist, which, okay, at least there's not, you know one twist, not two, uh and then rushed four, 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 right? So they rushed four on on all five dropbacks, no no blitz at all. Then on the last drive, they rushed four on the first pass play, five on the second, but again it was like a delayed blitz. So you know, okay, fine, like no, absolutely no pressure. But I, I don't even know if it was a blitz or it was just like a like a, a green light go kind of thing where. Your guy's not coming out of the backfield, so you, so you rush. Um, again, I, I can't tell that with a TV copy or probably can't tell that either way, but delayed delayed pressure. Uh, rush four, one true blitz, uh, and then rush four, rush four, rush four with a twist at the end. That was it. I mean, that that's 12 plays, only two blitzes in, in the final minutes, and you just let Jared Goff walk down the field. I mean, I think the All-22 is going to be even worse. I think you're just going to see them just drop back into the shell and just yeah. rush for. And because that's what it looked like, you know, a little bit from the TV copy, you didn't even really see anything middle of the field. And, you know, Jared Goff's a veteran. I mean, like, and he, Jared Goff's been playing good football all year, Like, he's been he playing has. some of the best football in, in his life. And he, he was terrible early on in this game. Like he, he couldn't do anything right. And then you change your philosophy and all of a sudden you let this veteran quarterback carve you up. No kidding. No kidding huh, that's weird. Like, just keep doing what you're doing. Keep the pressure on. Do you think Brian Flores would have stopped what he was doing and be like, all right, we've blitzed enough. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's, let's pull back and let's just, you know, let's just try to run the clock out. Like there's more than enough time. Like that, that's what I don't get. There was more than enough time for them to drive the length of the field twice. And that's exactly what they did so much. So that the bears got the ball back at the end. Like, and this yeah. wasn't like last second, <laughs> like they, they, uh, and they were running play. They were running run plays. It's unbelievable. Uh, conservative coach.
2: Uh, no kidding. The Lions are right. too good to kind of play that game with. They're, get- they're, a, they're a good football team this year. You know, you got to be the aggressor. You just got to keep being the aggressor. And the Bears, it's not in them.
1: Go down swinging. If you're going to yes. go down, go down swinging. I, I just, this death by a thousand cut stuff is stupid. Play, they're playing to try to lose gracefully, basically. And Maybe they get lucky oh. with a win. That That's what it is. All right, my cold. I mean, I had flus down. We've we've already killed him. Uh, I'm going to say Jalen Johnson, and and I'm not saying that he had a bad game. I I expect great play out of him, yeah. and he missed the opportunity to really. I mean, he he might admit he, he might have cost himself some some bucks on on that right. That that little uh, out route down by the goal line by Goff, he had it. He had it. That was going back the other way. I don't know that anybody catches him. That's likely a pick six, like a 95-yard return. It's there. That is yeah. a huge play. The Bears would go up 14 to nothing, like changes the complexity of the game. And again, I know the Bears ended up like, you know, having a lead late, all you know, butterfly flaps its wings, chaos theory. It could be a completely <laughs> different game. I understand all those things. But that was a 14 point swing. The next play, they scored a touchdown. They had a little, nice little misdirection flip back play to, to Gibbs on that uh, and, and scored that touchdown. That's 14 points right there. So, you want to be, you know, one of the highest paid corners in the league. You want to be thought of as, you know, top corner in the league. You got to make those plays. So, I'm,
2: I'm giving the cold bowl to Jalen Johnson. He's had a few of those this year where it's kind of been in his hands and he can't, didn't make the play. and. You know, I mean, he. This is really the first year he's had multiple picks, so it's it's nice to see that he's doing it. But yeah, he, he's got to make more plays. You know, um, this is what's going to keep him from being paid like an elite corner because he doesn't have the turnovers, and this is what he needs. You know, and if if you're going to pay a guy top money, you know, you either got to be like you know Revis Island style lockdown, or you got to get a lot of turnovers. And he, he doesn't have the turnovers. He's a he's a damn good corner. He's a really good football player. You know, but not having the picks is going to hurt. him.
1: All right. The, the just right bowl. I think there's a, a few solid
2: contributors here that we can go with, who'd you want to highlight? I almost had him for my trends tribute. I'm going to go Braxton Jones left okay. tackle just a night. Another solid football game. Now he's been back a few weeks here. Um, he was really hot. I, I guess what happened was where he had to leave the game for a few plays. Um, either a spotter or his teammate or someone thought he may have had some concussion symptoms. We heard him on the TV copy yell out, you know, I can't F and So maybe he has something in his eye. Someone thought he looked dizzy. So whatever it was, he was off the field for a few plays, came back in and, and the few plays he was out, Larry Borum in the game gave up a couple pressures on those two plays. One was the touchdown, big pass to DJ Moore. And if you, if you want, go back and watch that play. Tevin Jenkins comes off his guy late and basically picks up Larry Borum's guy,
1: which, yeah, that was great.
2: Gave, which gave Fields the extra split second to step up and make that play. But Braxton Jones, uh, he's to the point where I, I don't think you take a left tackle early in the draft. You know, I I, I think Braxton Jones is fine. I think you know, don't replace a guy you don't you don't have to replace. You know, would I like to see an elite Joe Thomas style left tackle? Just just dominant. Yes, but at the way the Bears are constructed now, you have a a good right tackle, obviously, in the rookie, and your left tackle is a second-year player playing good football. Why change it if you don't have to? So if if you have those draft picks, and like like right now, we don't know if it's going to be quarterback. We don't know what's going to happen with Justin Fields, but if you're going to have two picks there, I'm not going left tackle. I, I like Braxton Jones.
1: No, I'm going wide receiver. I'm, I'm going to pair somebody up with DJ Moore. Absolutely, uh, I like that. I had a few. I want to mention our guy Cairo Santos. Uh, money four four for four. You know, like he's 19 for 20 of the year. You know, he's he's just been kind of out of his mind at this point. Would you really be surprised if they extended Cairo Santos? Like, if it feels like they're ready to give him some new money. Uh, but he's turned himself into one of the best kickers in the league. So yes. that's great to see. Uh, not not. I mean, sure, we can give him one too. Wasn't the guy that I necessarily wanted to highlight. Uh, DJ Moore again coming back. This is exactly what you expect from him. Maybe we give DJ Moore a, a target in the last quarter. You know, maybe you keep going to him. Like again, what are we doing? Why not try to feature him to to move the sticks there towards the end of the game? Uh, but again, that's not the getsy way. Uh, but I, I wanted to make sure we we talked about Montez Sweat. You you talked about him a little bit too. But recorded his first sack. And uh, just wanted to make sure that uh, he got a little love here because again, he brings a different dimension to the, to the bears defense. And and it's good to see him finally get that first sack. he has been getting a lot of pressures, um, but it's nice to see him finally record um, a sack for the bears.
2: Yeah. Sweats, you know, he's the, he's the multiplier. I mean, that's why the bears traded for him. You know, they wanted to come in here and he had some pressures. He was good. He rushed from the interior uh, this game a little bit. So he's a guy you can kind of move up and down your line we just need to see him play a little more. You know, we we need to see him up in that 75, 80% range at at minimum. I know when back in the day when the bears would play Akeem Hicks uh, a little too much because he was getting up there. Montez sweat is still a young man. Let him play, get him on that field.
1: All right. Well, that's, uh, that's what we got. Uh, Anything that you want to extend the conversation on for, you know, yet another division loss, you know, we got two more division games coming up here. You got the, the the Vikings playing on Monday Night Football. You got the bye week, and then you get these same Lions again. Uh, you close out the year with the, with the Packers, you know, but you've got, you know, Josh Dobbs, right? You, you know, guy that's been, this is on his third team, but yet he's he's playing the least competent football for, for the Vikings. So, you know, there's a chance here that Coach Eberflus is going to go to own 11 against the division before you know it, right? Like that, that's kind of what we're talking about here. Uh, but anything you want to highlight before we get out of here and, and uh, hang out with the YouTube uh, commenters for a while?
2: Oh, this is gonna be our last chance to say anything for the holiday so everyone have a safe and happy Thanksgiving um, you know we'll have something popping on the on the on the channel here I mean I know Bill's got something coming up Taylor's got something coming up possibly uh, Mason's gonna do something after the holiday he's gonna record his bare bones on Saturday morning uh, because of the holiday but uh yeah everyone have a great safe happy Thanksgiving
1: Yep. That's those are good words to end on. Uh, Try not to get into an argument with your uncle. Everybody's got an uncle that they're going to get to an argument with. Just, just try to avoid it. You know, just just walk into the other room and and grab another slice of pie or whatever it is that uh, that will help you get through that. But uh, yep. Appreciate you all. We're thankful for you. Uh, And we'll be back on the other side of this uh, on Tuesday. Then to talk about the Monday night football game against the Vikings. So uh, enjoy monday night football uh i guess i you probably won't hear this until tomorrow but enjoy this game that i think is could be a super bowl preview um so you know some some good teams playing football on monday night football tonight and uh we'll we'll hit you on the other side so until then bear down